Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Hello and welcome to episode 215 of the World Cricket Show, the world's favourite cricket show. My name is Adam Bayfield and I'll be your host for tonight's Feast of Entertainment. And with me as always is my trusty sidekick, Tony Kerr. How are you doing? And boy, have we got a show for you tonight. 215 episodes, Tony. This is, out. this is quite a lot of episodes now at this point, isn't it? It's getting a bit out of hand, this whole thing. Yeah, and it's, in a way it's slightly surprising that even after 215 episodes, you're still so nervous before we record I these. I mean, right. I, I, I got here tonight and just found you in the bathroom in floods of tears. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Don't make me do you it. You never, you know. I talk you down. I talk you through it. And if I you're not assure nervous, you that it's going to be okay. If you're not nervous, you know, you're not doing it right. Yeah, if there's no butterflies, well... Here we go. This is podcasting you at the top level. <laughs> if you don't feel that black wave of fear come crashing over you before recording one of these, then then to be honest, we might as well all go home. But 215 as well, Tone. This is this is actually developing into a big score now, isn't it? It's a it's a daddy turn, isn't it? it it's, it's become. It's not even just a double hundred. We're you know we we've got our sights set on something even bigger than that. Although I guess it's a bit of a dangerous time as well because you might start to get complacent. You, we, you do seem to see quite a lot of scores of around two twenty. People when they get the double hundred, you know, they maybe start to think that well, I just I'll never get out now. Yeah, and they kind of flash hard for a few balls and. And they're gone. They just lose their concentration a bit. So we've got to be careful we don't lose our concentration. I could never be accused of that. <laughs> Over the next five or ten episodes. Uh, <laughs> but uh, anyway, how's it going this week, Tone? Yeah, how, really... how you going? Yeah, it's really good. It's been a good week. Although I had a bit of an annoying weekend. Oh, yeah. Uh, it sounds like uh, the start of an anecdote. <laughs> well, a really boring anecdote. I tell you what, if you don't like fancy cricket anecdotes, you're not going <laughs> to like this one. Uh no, I don't know. I just I let myself down on the weekend. I, I let fun. You let get, your mum well, down. <laughs> let, <laughs> you let your country down. I got my work-life balance all wrong when it came to the fantasy league. Uh, heavily weighted in life, kind of swing. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I've let you. Uh, I've let you catch up a bit. I think I'm within 400 points now, and that's even despite you having a sensational day today. Had a good day today. Your your top of the day standings. We are of course talking about the. Uh, the World Cricket Show Fantasy Mini League on the official ICC World 2020 Fantasy League game, you know, which people are falling over themselves to get involved in. Uh, but yeah, last week, Tony was riding high in, what were you last week? Third place. I've been first. I've been as high as you first. You were first. I think the last time we recorded, you were third. You're I'm still third. You are still third. But uh, yeah, you, you've allowed people below you, such as myself, to catch up. I'm now, I'm gaining ground, Tony, as I said, I'm within 400 points. 
And I'm up to fifth place in the overall standings. I mean, crucially, though, I have got the fancy kind of fancy game equivalent of games in hand. And uh, by failing to make transfers for a few days, I've now got an abundance of transfers. Uh, but, you know, they're only, they're only, they only count if you make them count. You get, what, 20 transfers in total in the Super 10 stage. You know, I've gone for the same strategy which I've employed in the past, which is make too many transfers <laughs> too early and then just somehow hope that it all sorts itself out. So I've only got 11 left, uh, which isn't many. Uh, but yeah, I'm third in the Super 10 standings. And I think you're way down in something like 14th. Yeah, which I is mean, a bit embarrassing. It actually. must be. It must be pointed out that this stage, though, uh, you know, the spread is much less. Obviously, there were le- there were less points up for grabs now because people have got fewer players. So, I, I, yeah, I think I'm today. I've I've really pleased myself with my own performance <laughs> uh, today. I've done a lot better, and I have, you know, I've stretched the lead back out by a couple hundred points. So. You did well. You did all right today. Uh, you, you picked yourself up off the canvas, but it has been a bad weekend. Yeah, your your mum did phone me actually last night and just say, listen. Can you take him aside and knock some sense into him? I mean, fantasy games, though, they are like, you know, they are like other sports. It's when you get the yips, you know, like golf, you know, the, the putts, the four-footers just don't go in. They just <laughs> clip the rim. With fantasy games, it's like you pick two batsmen uh, or you make one batsman your captain and he's the one who's going along at, like, strike rate of 60 while the other end, the guy's just, like, blasting away, like, today. Like, I could have had an even better day because I was going to have uh, Dwayne Smith as my captain, Allah, the other day when he scored, I think, he's got 11 off 29 or something. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, no, I'll bring Gale in. I'll make him my captain because <laughs> he'll go big today. Uh, and when I tuned in, Gale had gone, I think he had about 12 from 25. <laughs> and <laughs> Dwayne Smith at the other end had got about 50 off 25. Well, he did actually get some runs in the end, didn't he? I mean, yeah, he pulled yeah. himself back. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was slow progress. Uh, well, shall I just give you the... Uh, the overall table as it stands, Ahmed Nazir is in first place, uh, but he's only 44 points ahead of Ashwin Varghese in second place. Then we've got some joker by the name of Tony Kerr in third, back up to third actually after today's showing, knocking Chris Balcom down to fourth. We've then got some hero by the name of Adam Bayfield in fifth place, and sixth is Harry Van Buren, seventh Fraser Woodley, eighth Sam Pillay. Ninth, Evan Sturber, and tenth is Paul Evanet. I'm going to stop it at ten. I'm not going to keep going all the way down to however uh, far it goes down a long way. I'm still scrolling. I could say who's in last place, but that would be a bit unfair because people are joining all the time. Uh, and if you'd like to join, uh, then yeah, set up your team on the official game, cricketicc.fantasyleague.com. Register your team and join our league with the pin, which is 389. Two nine. Obviously, you've left it a bit late to win it overall, but there is a prize on offer for the winner of each phase, and so the winner of the knockout phases will also win a World Cricket Show mug. So all kinds of exciting things to play for, and by all kinds, I mean a World Cricket Show mug. But apart from that, Tony, did you have a good weekend? Did you have good Sunday walkies? Yeah, great Sunday walkies. Uh, I let everyone know about it as well. <laughs> no, I was I'd quite... A, Quite a relaxed Sunday. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, you were sort of forced to have quite a relaxed Sunday, weren't you? I mean, I saw you at football. You were you, you were struggling a bit. I've taken myself out of the game after somewhere. a heavy Saturday night. I had kind of a completely opposite Saturday night uh, from you in that I went out for dinner. I phoned up the restaurant that I wanted to go to on about Wednesday, tried to get a table, but I'd left it a bit late because they were fully booked. But they said, I'll tell you what, we can squeeze you in at 6.30. Well, that'd be too early. And I was like, to be honest, that is perfect. So yeah, I went out for dinner uh, with my 
significant other. Home by quarter past seven. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten you old. You to make a night of it. <laughs> I'm living the dream. I am living the dream. And it's, to be honest, we caught about seven. The night's dragging on by that point, anyway. So yeah, and that is kind of how I live my life all the time now. I mean, last night I was in bed by nine twenty-five. I mean, why are you so tired? I'm just loving early nights. I seem to have just gone over the the point of no return, and I'm I've just I'm comfortable with the fact that I'm getting old now. I mean, arguably, people tend to reach this point at the age of about seventy. Yeah, I mean, you're uh, a bit but, ahead of the, ahead of the game. <laughs> I've always been ahead of the game, though. I don't think I'm alone, though, because, I mean, I think you're kind of bucking a trend among most of the people that I hang out with these days because about a month ago, I think you were in London uh, for the weekend, and uh, I had a, a bunch of people around, about six people around to my place, uh, and we were just watching a movie. And again, it was probably about half past seven on a Saturday night, and everyone had their own individual blanket. People were like, have you got any other blankets? I was like, yeah, I'll just, I'll just go and check the cupboard, see if I've got any more. And people were just sat there watching this film with cups of tea. And someone literally said, I really hope Tony doesn't find out about this. <laughs> he will drop his bundle. And people why, wonder why Britain is a waning superpower. Economic power. You know, desperate. We've surrendered. Desperate. We have surrendered, Tony. World 2020. As you may be able to tell, this is the part of the show where we talk about the world 2020, which is in full swing in Bangladesh. We're right in the thick of the Super 10 stage. Everybody has played at least once at this point, and uh, most teams have now played twice. After the first few days of competition, Tone, who's standing out for you? I mean, I I spoke to you on Sunday when you were a little bit worse for wear, uh, but you managed to uh, pull out of your funk for just a minute. Uh, to be nauseatingly pleased with yourself uh, <laughs> because of the predictions that you made on last week's pod. You picked your semi-finalists as India, Pakistan, Sri Lanka and New Zealand. I picked Australia, West Indies, Sri Lanka and New Zealand. Are you still happy with uh, with your predictions? Yeah, well, up until tonight, or up until this afternoon, rather, and uh, today's game between Bangladesh and West Indies, yeah, those four sides were still sitting in the semi-final spots. Uh, and... Uh, a fairly uh, good reflection of the tournament so far. I mean, West Indies now, you know, above uh, above Pakistan, but only by virtue of hammering a really poor Bangladesh side today. So, yeah, pretty happy with it. Although saying that New Zealand, well, I mean, we'll come on to this, but New Zealand probably got away with it slightly against England. Pakistan did unbelievably well against Australia. So, yeah, they've, they've done the job for me. And India, India looked pretty solid. Well, yeah, Pakistan did really well against Australia, uh, but... In the game before that, they were pretty hopeless against mm, India. So, that I mean, was it's, slightly it's that thing with Pakistan, yeah. this word mercurial that's bandied about. But it does make you wonder uh, whether they're going to have enough consistency to win this tournament. Uh, but yeah, I mean, India, as we say, won both of their opening games. The only other team that's unbeaten so far is Sri Lanka. And actually, India won both of those games pretty comfortably as well. They've, they've gone down the route of playing three frontline spin bowlers, which is definitely paying off. Amit Mishra has come in and taken plenty of wickets. Ravi Jadeja is taking wickets. Uh, and yeah, as a result of the spinners, they just seem to have taken those games by the scruff of the neck, haven't they? They just kind of uh, put a stranglehold on Pakistan and West Indies, both of whom have a lot of big hitting batsmen in their ranks, and they just could not get those spin bowlers away. And India just kind of dominated those games. They, they, their powerful batting lineup hasn't been left with much to chase so far. So, I mean, is that kind of a bit ominous for everyone else? Um, you know, this India team knows what they're doing at the business end of a tournament at this point, don't they, having won the World Cup and the Champions Trophy in the last few years? Yeah, I mean, they've looked really impressive. Uh, 
But uh, as you say, they they haven't quite been stretched yet. Neither Pakistan or West Indies really got going in those games. So yeah, uh, by virtue of the fact of winning two games uh, in the tournament and winning them comfortably, you'd say they they look the strong. Well, they look like the side who've, who've got most about them uh, at the moment. Sri Lanka on the other side as well, two wins. Uh, they've looked pretty good. So. I mean, it's probably those two sides that are standing out, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, the only sides that haven't lost yet. So I suppose that's the obvious answer. I mean, I have been really impressed with India, actually. I didn't expect them to be so good in those two games. I thought they'd slip up at least once against Pakistan and West Indies, both of whom are, you know, also are strong sides. But yeah, you're right. We haven't really seen them put under pressure yet. If if Australia or supposing India do get through one of the teams in the semifinals, do you put them under the pump? Uh, it could be a different story, but yeah, an excellent start certainly. I mean, actually, I think I mean, and it's virtually job done, isn't it, for them really? Because Bangladesh looked dreadful today uh, against uh, against West Indies, so you know they've just got to beat them, and they're I mean they're there, they're yeah, probably no, there anyway. They're but, home. I think they're pretty much home in hose now. So. But as we said, you know, it's, if Pakistan can produce a performance like they did against Australia, then you know you don't want to play them in the semis. You don't want to play anyone in the semis. You'd rather probably just, I don't know. It's bloody tough, isn't it? <laughs> you, you want to buy in a knockout tournament? I just don't. Yeah, I don't know. Two don't know. buys and you just there's take no, the trophy. There's no nice team to play. I think the whole tournament so far has been really good. I mean, we've had some great matches so far. Sri Lanka v South Africa was a really good game. It was quite a close finish there. Australia v Pakistan was an excellent game uh, that kind of swung one way and then the other and then back again. New Zealand, South Africa. Absolutely. Cracker. Crackerjack, wasn't cracker it? Jack, yeah. Unbelievable bit of death bowling from Dale Stain in that game. Did he take three wickets in the last over? So. He got two wickets in the last over plus a run out. He ran out Ross Taylor right at the end. And he finished with four for 17 from four overs, which is just insane bowling figures in 2020. Um, yeah, I trust mean, that it, with Mornay Morkel. He took none for 50 <laughs> in three overs. He did look, uh, he did look excellent. Uh, but I mean, you can't. Yeah, contrast that as well, though, with that the first over of his uh, tournament against Sri Lanka, where Pereira just dispatched him for a couple of fours and a six, and he did come back and uh, and improve. But he, he looked an angry man at that point. <laughs> you know uh, he usually looks an angry yeah. man, to be fair. But yeah, I mean, it, it does show that you know there's almost no bowler that it, you know is immune uh, to being got after in this form of the game. If if one batsman is just having a special day then anything can happen. We've even, you know, we've seen it even with someone like Saeed Ajmal, Mike Hussey got after him once. It doesn't happen very often, but yeah, it's not impossible. But as I always say, it is bowlers that win games of cricket, that win games of 2020. And, you know, if Stain is in this kind of form, then it does make me slightly rethink what I said last week about South Africa you know, not really having a chance in this competition. If, if he bowls like that, then they will bat themselves against almost any batting lineup. I would say. Yeah, I mean, as you said before about uh, India going with three spinners, yeah, I mean, that's clearly been a trend in, in 2020 from the outset. I mean, to begin with, it was when the format first emerged or when the format was first put on show, it was kind of, you know, who you know, were the spinners or the fasts? Uh, sorry, were the spinners or the quicks going to have more of an impact? For sake. Uh, were, the, were the spinners or the quicks going to have more of an impact? And it was like, well, you need a spinner. But now you, I don't know. Now you just need a whole clutch of spinners. Yeah, well, people did wonder whether spin would have any part to play in 2020 because it was sort of seen as well. You can just slog the spinners. But actually, I think I'm right in saying that of the top 10 bowlers in the ICC rankings in 2020, nine of them are spinners. Yeah, and it's gone to it's you know it's gone as far as the point where. You know, Stain is a bit of a uh, an anomaly, isn't he? I mean, he's so good as a you know, he's clearly a, a 
outstanding bowler you know of this generation so well Stain's not actually the one in the top 10 it's Nuan Kulaseka he's in the top 10 and he's been excellent in this tournament mm. as well but yeah I mean Badri Ajmal Narayan Jadeja Mendes well, Mendes not really bowled very well Ajmal's bowled like toilet <laughs> so far toilet, but he had a shocker <laughs> well He's had a couple of shockers, I think. A Freedy, though? A Freedy's yeah. done all right? Well, even though the kind of medium, the dobbers, you know. Uh, the dobbers. <laughs> yeah. oh, I just love the word dobber. <laughs> I could say that all day. I love the word dob. You remember people, <laughs> used, to, you remember people used to say dob at school? I'm going to dob you in. <laughs> oh, don't dob on me. Dob isn't used nearly <laughs> widely enough. Well, it's not used anymore. Who would say dob now, Tane? Like, no one dobs, do they? <laughs> well, exactly. It's not a thing it's anymore. Not in the adult world. Yeah, dob. exactly. I'm going to dob on well, you. Gonna, oh, I'm going to dob. <laughs> I dob. can't believe you dobbed on me. That is one thing that should be like kind of instilled in children at young ages, that you know, dobbers never prosper. You shouldn't <laughs> dob. Not good to dob. <laughs> people used to say it so seriously. There are so many memories of people going, I'm dobbing. <laughs> what a ridiculous word. Anyway, uh, so yeah, incredible spell of bowling from Dale Stane. We've seen some sensational uh, bits of batting as well. Umar Akmal, fantastic innings for Pakistan. JP Dumini in that game against New Zealand was brilliant. And yeah, just some, some really exciting cricket, some really exciting finishes, some really exciting games. Perhaps none more exciting, Tone, than Holland v Ireland. Yeah, it was ridiculous, wasn't it? I mean, the contrast between that Holland performance and their the next one. Has there ever been a, a, a bigger uh, kind of fall from grace? Yeah, a bigger swing. Terms? I don't know. I, I can't imagine there would have been. Jon Snow's swingometer would have yeah, been... Yeah, uh, it, would have been, it would have been like <laughs> flown off its hinges. The needle would have flown across the room. I mean, yeah, they. it was an extraordinary game, wasn't it, um, in Silette? when Ireland got 189 for four and you just thought that was going to be way, way, way too many for the Dutch you know, to even win the game, let alone to win it inside 14 overs, which is what they did in the end and, and is what they needed to do to qualify. Uh, Stefan Myberg, 63 off 23 balls. Tom Cooper, 45 off 15 balls. I mean, if this happened on Cricket Captain, you wouldn't believe it. You'd probably just quit the game. Be like, this is a stupid game. I'm not sure I've ever seen hitting like that. I mean, watching the highlights... I mean, it, it wasn't really highlights because well, it was basically every ball that went for six. Yeah, I mean, the, the, <clears throat> there have been ludicrous matches of cricket, haven't there? I don't, I don't know. When you think about that South Africa-Australia, kind of 400-plus plays 400-plus ODI, that was fairly ridiculous. Well, yes, but in retrospect, I mean, obviously that is ridiculous and we've not seen anything like that in ODI cricket, but in terms of you know strike rate, if this Dutch innings was transposed into a 50-over game, you know, they'd have been getting considerably more than 400. Yeah, I don't want to be, I don't want to be down, downbeat on the associates. But you just don't like the Dutch, do you? I really like the Dutch. I really love the Dutch. <laughs> you know, there has been a lot, there has been a lot said. There's you a... don't like canals, do you? <laughs> uh, and windmills. I've seen you deface more than one windmill yeah. at the time. Just kicking in a windmill. <laughs> but, you know, I think I said last week, there's been a lot of weird kind of chatter on Twitter. There's a lot of weird people on Twitter who are really angsty about associate cricket and like, and... A, a really, a really, <laughs> really, <laughs> really uh, marked, uh, what's the word? Like reverse snobbery and like reverse elitism. So, like, all the full, like, hating on the full members and stuff. I, I, you know, I don't even pretend that the balance is, is right there yet. And I'm not sure the ICC know what they're doing in terms of getting those associates up, up, up near the standard. But in a way, you know, it just, you know, this is based on two games, but the ICC have kind of been vindicated in their format because, you know, Netherlands and Bangladesh have both been woeful in their, their 
opening group games. Well, Bangladesh are a full member, of course. Sorry, but sorry, the yeah, two sides that have come out of the, the preliminaries. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the yeah, it could be that the Dutch do do something against one of the other well, sides. So, yeah, yeah. England, and clearly, but, this was a fantastically competitive get well. Wasn't really a fantastic competitive game, was it? Because Netherlands smashed Ireland. Yeah. Uh, but there were some great games in that associate tournament. But what's happened afterwards you would suggest that that was the right thing to do. Well, Letting yeah, any more of them through. Absolutely, because been... they then went and in their next game got bowled out for 39 by Sri Lanka in 10.3 overs, uh, which is the lowest score ever in 2020 international history. And, you know, it took Sri Lanka five overs to knock it off. And so, yeah, I mean, it's 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 a small sample size, but, but it does suggest um, that... As much as you know, they can produce some fantastic cricket amongst themselves. There's just a chasm between them and the elite nations. And as I say, yeah, they could do something against England. It could have just been a, a really bad day at the office. But I think, yeah, as you say, it does vindicate the ICC in not uh, dropping them in immediately with the full members and you know pitting them against each other on the big stage like this because that makes it competitive and making. You know, Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It makes the games more interesting, more exciting, and that's got to be better for them in yeah. the long run, I think, you know, as well. We, we talked last week about the reception, the incredible reception that the, the pool cricket team got when they went back there. Now, you know, I, I don't pretend to be from the pool, but... <laughs> <laughs> that might start... be quite a hard deception yeah. to pull off, I think, uh, at this point. But it's hard to imagine that... You know, amazing scenes, like thousands of people watching the games, lining the street. I think it'd be tough to imagine that kind of reception... Uh, for the players, had the team been spanked, you know, by ten wickets in in two games in a or three games rather in a, in a you know in a four team preliminary stage with big teams. So you know, whilst I don't want to sound patronising, you know, that's got to be better for cricket because there's twenty odd million people in the pool who would have watched that and been really like inspired and yeah, they feel proud and of the team and, and we're yeah, seeing got to win. The Bangladesh fans seem to be turning on their team a bit. You know, they got got thumped by West Indies today, and I I think that's. A bit unfair, actually, because you know I think the expectations are too high for this Bangladesh team. But yeah, the 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 feeling after you know getting heavily beaten several times, you know, is going to that's a turn off. Yeah. Whereas Nepal now, you know, that, that cricket in Nepal is on a massive high, uh, and if they can then keep that up, so you know, I, I do think there's a case for just keeping a bit of distance for, for the time being. And I, I, oh yeah, and I, I hope that's not condescending or presumptuous either, because I say that it could still be that um, Netherlands or Bangladesh do something in this tournament and we've seen it in the past that Holland have beaten England we've seen Zimbabwe beat Australia in 50 over cricket we've seen Ireland beat England like these things do happen but generally speaking there remains a big gulf 
between them. So I think the way they've set up this tournament, you know, this year, yeah, I mean, even is, is the right way to do it. So yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess one of the other things, you know, Sri Lanka aren't probably the side most suited to an associate team coming up and, and kind of taking them on because of their unorthodoxy and. Well, that might well be right. I mean, the Dutch batsmen just couldn't handle Kulasekar or Malinga or Mendis, and they will almost certainly not be the only batsman in this tournament to find life tough against them. So it might be a little bit unfair. I did see some wag on Twitter. I retweeted it saying, uh, if you're just tuning in and missed a team in orange b***ing things up against Sri Lanka, don't worry, you can see it again on Thursday, uh, which is when England take them on. I mean, let's talk about England. As you said, they've just they've played that one game against New Zealand and they lost it. Uh, but, you know, maybe they got screwed over a little bit um, by the weather uh, because they batted first and they posted a, a pretty sizable score, 172 for six. Nothing massive from any of the batsmen, but some decent contributions from people like Moen Ali, 36, and Michael Lum, 33. And that looked like it could be quite a challenging target, but New Zealand got off to a, a good start. They lost Martin Guptill, but Kane Williamson and Brendan McCullum were there and going well. They were 52 for one after 5.2 overs, and then suddenly an enormous thunderstorm arrived. The rain came down. The umpires brought them off, and because they'd played five overs, which is the minimum number of overs you need to play, Duckworth Lewis came into it, and New Zealand were nine runs ahead of the target. So they won the game. I mean, it's a difficult one this time, isn't it? I mean, I guess it's easy to say this when it's your team that's been on the wrong end of it, but is five overs really enough to constitute a game of cricket? Well... No, I think you, I mean, you know, as an England fan, you feel slightly hard done by it because uh, there was a bit of romance about it, wasn't there? You know, this rubbish England side full of bit parters, you know, actually turned up in a tournament and did the business to a certain extent. So, yeah, pretty hard done by. Well, I mean, let's not go bananas. Yeah, I mean, they didn't, I mean, they didn't <laughs> post like 240. Yeah, but it wasn't like a 200 plus total. They, 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 they just put posted up pretty much a competitive total. A par score, didn't they? Yeah. And, Which is yeah, more than we expected them to Well, do. that is more than we expected. But judging by the way that New Zealand got off to a flyer and um, McCullum came in and uh, hit two sixes in the first six balls of his innings, it's certainly not that unlikely that they would have overhauled that target fairly comfortably. So, you know, yeah, I think the Duckworth-Lewis decision, if you like, to give it to New Zealand is is fair enough, if you're going to say that five overs is enough. But it's so difficult because you don't want to see a lot of washouts. You do want to have as many completed matches as possible. But it is very frustrating as a fan of the team that's on the wrong end of it because, you know, this is a, this was a crucial game for England. You do feel that they needed to win this game if they wanted to, you know, if, if they were going to qualify. To lose it on the basis of a team being 52 for one after five overs just doesn't really seem that fair. It is a very difficult thing because there's just 2020, there's, well, as as with all forms of cricket, but it, it does change so quickly. And if England had just you know got two and two in the next two balls, we would have been looking at a very different game. And it is a shame because... You know, as as you say, England actually were putting up a little bit of a fight. I mean, nothing spectacular, but a little bit of a fight shocked everybody. I think that's what it is, isn't it? That no one was expecting them to post anything like a total of one seventy. Um, and it was a good innings from uh, from Moen Ali, Josh Butler with some good hitting at the end as well. Another somewhat torturous innings for Owen Morgan, twelve from fifteen balls. Is he becoming a bit of a problem? Do you think he's just not really scoring? any runs at all and it's not that recent a phenomenon that since the start of 2012 he's played 27 t20 internationals and is averaging less than 20 he's only scored one half century in that time he's seeing that kind of form in 50 over cricket 
as well. You know, he is he's supposed to be England's gun batsman, isn't he? But it's just not really happening. He's got, you know, he has so much credit in the bank from things he's done in the past. But it, it is a while since we've seen, you know, a match-winning performance from Owen Morgan. Yeah, I would say there's decisions to make. But, yeah, can England afford to, even though he's in this kind of form, the decision is, do they stick with him and, and hope uh, or have the confidence in him to turn it around? Uh, or do they lose another what is another experienced player from the squad, from the camp? Well, I'm sure that they will stick with him. You know, he's he captained the side very recently until when Broad was injured. And I, I don't think they're thinking about dropping him at all. And, you know, given that the only alternative in the squad really is Ian Bell, I'm not sure that that would change things too drastically. So almost 100% sure that they'll stick with him. But it, it's something worth thinking about going forward. And it's frustrating because you know that he is so good. But it's just not happening, and he's not the best player of spin. And you know the two most recent um, World T20s have been in you know the subcontinent. The next one's in the subcontinent as well. So you know that that is a bit unfortunate, really, from from England's perspective. Yeah, and without wishing to to harp on and stuff, you know there is there's a player out there who we need to bring back in, isn't there? I mean, fairly obviously, but I don't know. It's too late for that now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I presume you're talking about Rob Key. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, what's Butcher doing in the studio? <laughs> he should be out there. I'm sure they do still have Ramprakash on speed dial, so <laughs> get him out there. I mean, I, I'm slightly concerned with the makeup of uh, the team that England are putting out at the moment. Chris Jordan came in at number seven in this game. Tim Breslin came in at number seven in the warm-ups. That's not ideal, I think. That's just too many fast bowlers. They've got four frontline fast bowlers in the team, and that's at least one too many. I, think. I mean, Jordan or Breslin at seven... I mean, you could say, well, oh, in, t- in 2020 cricket, it's quite rare. You know, it's not that often that you lose all your wickets, so you don't necessarily have to worry too much um, about the guys that are coming in at six, seven, eight. But I think it does influence the mindset of the guys batting at the top. If you know, if if the top and middle order know that they've got a lot of batting to come lower down, then they can play with a lot more freedom. But at the moment, if England lose a couple of early wickets, then the middle order has to bat quite conservatively. They have to consolidate for quite a bit longer before they can start playing their shots because they're worried that if they lose another couple of wickets, if they've got Tim Bresnan walking out at number seven, then that's a, an enormous problem. Um, and I just don't think they need it. I mean, they opened the bowling with Mo and Ali, uh, which means with Ravi Papara as well, that they've got seven bowlers in that team. You just don't need Jay Dern back, Tone, do you? You just you really, really do not need Jay Dern back. At this point, I'm not sure that even Jade Dernbach's mum wants Jade Dernbach in the team. Well, this is one of the other cruel things about the result the other day, wasn't it? That Dernbach was bowling well. He was only going at six and a half from his two overs. Which is phenomenally good for him. And he got a wicket as well. But uh, I'm not sure that will last, to be honest. Stuart Broad was fined for criticising the umpires uh, because they kept the players out there for quite a while when the thunderstorm was approaching. There was huge bolts of lightning, claps of thunder. And Stuart Broad said that they should have been taken off before, and when obviously the game would have then been abandoned before five overs. Uh, what did you make of that? Firstly, that they didn't take them off, and secondly, that Broad's been fined for criticising yeah, the umpire. I, I don't really understand why players, why cricket's got this obsession with handing out fines and, I don't know, stay, taking match reads as well for comments which really aren't. It's not a police state, is it? Or like some kind of weird kind of. Well, it is, isn't it? Some kind of weird, twisted dictatorship where you're not allowed to speak against any kind of it's not a political party or something uh, so yeah I don't know but yeah they, they shouldn't be sort of forced to stay on message no exactly uh, if, Broad want, if, if anyone wants to say anything then, yeah 
yeah, you know, like, screw off. Really. Well, it depends how you say it as well. If if Broad came out and said, you know, that that Alim Dar is a right idiot, then that's one thing. But to say that he thinks they got it wrong, yeah, I think that's fair enough. I, I, as he said afterwards, you know, he's now going to have to go back to just very boring platitudes in interviews. And it does seem to be every time a cricketer says anything slightly off the script, they just take a volley of criticism. Yeah, which is which is nonsense, isn't it? It is a little bit. And I think he's right as well. I think they should have taken the players off. I mean, Michael Lum has come out and said that he was scared um, you know, because he, he grew up like many England players in South Africa. Uh, and, you know, he said, you know, you just don't mess around with lightning. And I think he's right. I, I have first-hand experience of people making fun of me <laughs> for being scared of lightning. But I stand by the fact that I'm scared of lightning. Lightning is scary. And when, we, yeah, we went, we, I've talked about this on the show, but we went camping in Sark, one of the other Channel Islands last summer. And I woke up at 3 a.m. and there was an enormous thunderstorm going on and I immediately got... You know, jumped up, ran out of my tent into the, the shower block. And in the morning, everyone was just, you know, having a right laugh about that, <laughs> making fun of me. But, you know, it's like, oh, oh, he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to burn to death in his tent. Oh. Well, I didn't yeah. even notice it. I slipped right through it. I was out cold. I think a lot of people were angry in me as well, because there was only a handful of people that actually texted to <laughs> yeah. say there's a thunderstorm It was quite on. revealing. You know, you didn't come and shake me awake, did you? <laughs> no, I didn't. You just, you just, save yourself, I the sort of four or five people I cared about most and texted them. Save yourself. Um, what can we expect over the next week then, Tony? Do you think, uh, are you sticking with your semi-final picks? Yeah. Uh, I'm slightly concerned that Pakistan might blow it against Bangladesh, given that Bangladesh, well, they played today, they'll play again before they play Pakistan, in which time Pakistan won't have played. So, you know, if, if there is, a, you know, a hot-cold duality with Pakistan, they'll, yeah, they might well blow cold that day. So they could they could muck it up there. But otherwise, yeah, otherwise, I think stick with it. No reason to change my tune. You? I, oh, I'm, here we go. <laughs> I, might have to, I might have to change, because it does seem pretty clear that, uh, pretty certain that India are going to qualify at this point. So, you know, I said Australia and West Indies, it's probably only going to be one of those if he, two. If he ever offers you a referendum on, <laughs> on our part of the EU, don't believe him. <laughs> That's some good satire That's good there, satire too. Yeah. It's stuff that not many people are doing as well. Um, uh, speaking, well so hang on, but you're saying India, and who's your other one? I'll go uh, West Indies along with them. Speaking of comedians, Nick Knight is there, Tone. <laughs> We, we said last week, I, I hadn't heard him. I, I thought he wasn't there, but he is. Um, he was actually on air with Danny Morrison the other day, which was an extraordinary meeting of minds. <laughs> it's, the, the commentary roster is amazing. I mean, it, it's like they're trying to cherry-pick the most annoying <laughs> commentators yeah. in the world. You know, Nick Knight hands over to Ravi Shastri, who hands over to Pommy and Bangwa. It's just like, you know, come on, Atherton's at home. Yeah, I mean, it, it isn't... A democratic process is it? It's not. I'm trying to think how what, you know suitable metaphor. But with, with most sports, some populators are un, you know, kind of universally popular. Somewhat. So, what did I say? You said populators. Populators. You said. Cut that. <laughs> some commentators are universally popular. I think. Might maybe. I might be right. I might be wrong. Uh, and some aren't. But and you wonder why that the TV companies persist with the ones that aren't really. It is a bit baffling to me, though, because it, they, whenever they've done polls in the past, uh, you know, at global tournaments, who they often do, like, a who's the best commentator, Shastri and Lloyd tend to come one and two, <laughs> and they're amongst the most annoying for me. Uh, whereas, uh, you know, you see, you know, comments on Crick Info articles and stuff, are like, Atherton's so boring, Hussein's yeah. so boring. 
It's uh, it's slightly baffling in in my view. I do feel slightly sorry for commentators when it's quite a tough gig to have to chat for a long time about yeah. something. You know, mean, look we, at us. we do it once yeah. a week and we get a lot of abuse. <laughs> we get a lot wrong. But you know, you do say dumb things occasionally <laughs> when you're just trying to reach, we're trying to say something. Well, you know, trying clearly to the lesson air. there is not, you know, don't, you don't have to speak, uh, which some of the commentators do feel they need to, uh, constantly jabbering away. Uh, so if you do feel you need to speak, sometimes you will say stupid stuff. But yeah, Morrison, Danny Morrison divides opinion, I think. I got a text from my brother-in-law last night just saying you know oh what a genius and in a way he is right because <laughs> he's certainly a character he's said you know it's you're in no doubt who's on air when he's on air. <laughs> yeah i do find the cover to- he's as obsessed with uh momentum as <laughs> he ever was yeah an almost textbook example in one of the games the other day i think it was pakistan australia and uh australia I think Glenn Maxwell was blasting sixes. He was like, uh, all the momentum, the momentum's with Australia now. And then <laughs> Pakistan get a wicket. He goes, oh, the momentum! It's gone the other way! They should, I mean, screw all the other stupid kind of flashing bales and all this nonsense uh, and countdowns. They should have a massive momentumometer or whatever you call it. I don't know what you'd call it. Some kind of... Uh, Momentum, yeah. like sundial. The mem, the, just the momentum meter. So, like you know, so one side's a couple wickets down or, or eight down, chasing the score, you know, and they, they, it looks lost. And then suddenly they blast through sixes, and this whole this kind of massive thing in the ground swings across, <laughs> and there's like fire pyrotechnics as it like smashes into the other side. Like, <laughs> but like, in, momentum. But if, like, it was, <laughs> if it was Danny Morrison's momentum thermometer <laughs> or whatever. You know, it's every ball it swings one way. <laughs> like, it's like a pendulum. Exactly. Four, momentum one way, dot, momentum the other way. <laughs> look at it go. <laughs> the momentumometer. He just wouldn't look at the game. He'd just, just be watching it's the It's gone big the other way. Much like David Beckham on Only Fools and Horses, this episode of the World Cricket Show has seen two much-loved British institutions come together, only to produce nothing particularly funny or memorable. Uh, so we should probably draw a line under it there. Actually, to be fair to me, th- you know, this is revealing how cynical I am. I actually wrote I wrote that bit of the script before seeing wow. the sport relief sketch, and actually, it was quite funny. It must be fun to be you, <laughs> <laughs> just, just sitting just in a so darkened room yeah. at seven twenty-five <sighs> on a Saturday night, yeah. just <laughs> 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 uh, just coming up with scrolling, angry, tw- just tweeting. Uh, yeah, Danny no, Morrison, <laughs> hate him. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, it was quite funny, that wasn't it? Did, did you see no, it? No, I haven't watched it. No, it's funny. It. He he falls over, David Beckham. <laughs> yeah, he falls through the bar, except not through the bar. No, I didn't see that. I'll I will catch up with it at some point. But anyway, we did it, Tane. We pulled it off. Another episode in the can. Looks like we made it. Ah. Right, it's time to go. <laughs> it's time to go. I'm hungry. Uh, yeah, well, it's uh, we're both hungry, uh, and you and you want to go and watch the football. So it has been a sh- slightly shorter episode this week, especially compared to last week when we broke an hour for the first time ever in the long run of this show. And that's not something that I'm that keen to repeat because that was a long edit. But uh, <laughs> I'm not sure it's something that any of the listeners are that keen to repeat either. So a bit shorter this week, but yeah, we'll be back next week. Uh, with more World T20 chats, probably in between uh, the Super 10s and the semi-finals, I would imagine. Uh, but if you like the show, and between now and then, you can get more involved in it. Follow us on Twitter. In it. In it. Follow us on Twitter, in it. 
The show account is at Cricket Show. Tony is at Tony Cover, T O N Y C V double R. And I am at Adam Bayfield one two. Uh, I've just recently got myself on Twitter. Loads of people, loads of welcome show listeners have been starting to well, follow me. I followed me. you and immediately muted you from my timeline. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was tweeting about Veronica Mars. <laughs> yeah. uh, we had a listener by the name of Chris Hudson uh, tweeted out the show saying that uh, he, he said, I've given a lot of thoughts to you following at Adam Bayford 1-2 on Twitter, but in the end I decided that I just couldn't handle the truth. Because that is it, Tony. I mean, I'm, I'm, that's what my Twitter account is going to be for. I'm going to be tweeting about my political views. I'm going to be blowing the lid off a lot of things that need the lid blowing off of. Uh, so, yeah, follow me there, at Adam Bayford 1-2, if you want. The government, it's a con, isn't it? <laughs> Stuff like that. Uh, like us on Facebook as well, facebook.com slash cricket show. You can send us an email, worldcricketshow at gmail. Dot com. Find all of this stuff on our website, which is cricketshow.net. And I know I keep saying this, but we are going to have a brand new website very, very soon. And if you've got a spare couple of minutes this week, then leave us a review on iTunes because uh, we do really appreciate all of those. It helps to kind of attract new listeners. In fact, if you've got some spare time this week, or even if you haven't, just tell some people about the show. Spread the word. We'd really tell appreciate them. it. Chat about it. Just thrust headphones on them and play it. Pin them down. Pin them to the ground. Punch them in the stomach. Knock them out. Yeah, when they come to, yeah, don't knock them out. To be fair, they might dob on you, though, yeah. if you did that. No dobbing. <laughs> Hashtag no dobbing. <laughs> dob on the World Cricket Show. What uh, That people. should be on your slogan. Like, tell people. Tell a teacher. Tell on the cricket show. Dob on the cricket show. <laughs> yeah, anyway, come on. All right, that's it, everyone. Stay in school, everybody. We'll, we'll see play. you next time. Bye for now. Cheers. Not to smell your fear Hello and welcome to episode 200 and... F- Sorry. Hello. <laughs> Hello. And we're... <laughs> so cheery. So cheerful. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.